Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, the division of First West Credit Union. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Valley First, they're a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson Valleys. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families, and they also have a robust business and commercial team with the expertise, products, and services needed to help local businesses grow and thrive. For more information, please visit valleyfirst.com business, and a big thank to them for supporting. And we're talking with Jude, I'm going to introduce everyone to Jude. Um, welcome, Jude. Um, and we we're talking uh-huh. before this that uh, actually we didn't plan this at all, but uh, <laughs> Valley First is your bank, and you're saying how amazing that they are to work with. So it is, yeah. We switched to Valley First a few years ago for our business, and they have been nothing but wonderful. I have a local branch right here in Rutland, and they're superb people. Awesome. Um, for those who don't know, my name is Rob Capel, I'm VP Business Development now Media Group, and I'm really happy to welcome Jude Brunt today to, to, sorry, to today's episode. Jude is the co-owner of Globe Cafe and Tapas Bar at Big White, and I read in your profile that you're a passionate doer. It says that if there's something to be done, then you'll be the first one to put your hand up. So we'll talk about that today. Um, for those that haven't been there yet, and we're just talking just before the call on, and how many people haven't visited Big White, um, that you should, especially if you're in, the, in Kelowna, it's a quick drive up. But Globe is a European style cafe by day and casually comfortable restaurant wine bar once the lift stock turning. Globe has been grown, sorry, grown into a much loved hangout for most people at Big White. And it's the original and first tapas bar out there, which is awesome. So um, philosophy for dining is very simple. Warm welcomes, which I love. Globe, globally inspired food. You guys have an amazing menu. Um, share with friends and family and delight your taste buds. So Jude, you have a very unique story. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stop talking. I'm gonna start asking questions. So let's get started. Absolutely. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. So the obvious question for me is when I saw that we're going to be chatting today is that you're a restaurant Mm -hmm. at a ski resort during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So how have you been able to sort of adapt to this environment? And and I hate using the word new normal, but I'm going to use it today is this new normal. Like what does it look like for you guys being, you know, really on two areas that are hit really hard during the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're an essential service. People still have to eat. Um, so that's always been been great. Um, we, we've shifted the way we do things. But at the end of the day, our philosophy is still the same. We want people to feel welcome the minute they walk through the door uh, and give them a, a great experience, even if that looks slightly different in terms of how the tables are arranged and and plexiglass obviously is, is there in force. Although I do think... Uh, our construction guys have managed to do a fabulous job in really, really hiding the plexi. So it's there doing its job, but you don't really see it. Actually, yeah. you have to be really careful not to walk into it. 
<laughs> but so it looks a bit different, but we're but we're really trying to create the same kind of feel of feeling warm and welcome. And that this is a regular little part of your routine is coming for your morning coffee at Globe before you hit the slopes and grabbing a great cappuccino or, or sitting down with a friend and you know just just a small you know one or two group of friends as it is now and and just yeah just spending some nice time looking at big sky and 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 beautiful clouds and great snow out there. So we've yeah, we've changed, but the principles are the same. I think it's interesting that, um, you know, I'm, I like dining out and it, I thought, you know, I thought this is definitely one thing I wouldn't miss, quote unquote, but I mean, we make it a habit of going say Friday night and, and I've, I've always felt secure. I've never felt any angst whatsoever going into a restaurant of any kind. So I think that the whole industry as a whole has done such a good job mm-hmm. of keeping people and feeling secure, but still keeping that level of service, like you said, because that's what you're going. You, want, you go, you know, you go out for dining for, for the experience, right, as well. So absolutely. Um, yeah. So how do you, what do you, you mentioned a couple of things, sort of the plexiglass, how, how are you reassuring guests? Like what are some of the things that you guys have instilled on a day-to-day to, you know, to make sure that they feel safe when they're coming into the restaurant. Yeah. So obviously we're following all the protocols that are out there in the PHOs. We work really closely with WorkSafe BC and with Interior Health. We've been inspected and you know had a full inspection. We actually invited them up um, before we opened for the season so that we could check that we, we were doing everything um, in the safest possible way that we could. So obviously there's sanitizer everywhere. Obviously all of our all of our servers wear masks that I'm really glad that that was mandated um, because, you know, there was lots of kind of indecision. Should we, shouldn't we but earlier on in the summer? I mean, back in kind of June, April, May, I guess when it was really kicking off. Um, but so I'm really glad that was mandated. Um, and, you know, we just make sure we've got really comfortable masks that work for the service because we're wearing them for a long time all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously signage is really important. Make, we've, we've kept our, our sign supplier, I think, in good business as we all have this summer uh, or this uh, going into this winter. Um, but really, it's about you know, making sure we've got the contact tracing, making sure that we just go through uh, the, the rules when people walk in and then it's business as normal. Then we're just keeping our distance, but providing the same kind of quality of service and warm welcome and knowledge about our food um as we would have done before but uh, but it's smaller groups yes absolutely the tables are, sp- are spread further apart the plexiglass definitely separates every table in every dining area as it as it should do um it's quite useful actually for hanging christmas decorations on it now yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. it works quite well from that point of view um uh, and just making sure that we are we are asking people politely to adhere to the rules and, and that can be tricky because you know hospitality is hospitable and People, are, especially at Big White, everybody you know knows a lot of people. So, but our, our servers are being really vigilant, and if somebody's standing up for longer than they should be to just walk to the washroom and back to their table, um, they're just waving from a distance to their friend on the table in the corner rather than standing and chatting with them as they normally would. But but that'll come back eventually, and everyone is really really respecting the rules really well. Um, and our staff obviously are, are monitored really carefully when they come to work every day. They go through a questionnaire. They, uh, they sign a contract about how they behave outside of work. And yeah, mm. so all the rules are being followed in, in, the, in the restaurant industry completely. It sounds like you guys have checked all the boxes. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So let's switch focus. I promise I wouldn't talk a lot about, about COVID. So um, how, long, how long have you guys owned Globe? Uh, we opened in the season of 2007-8. Um, so this is our 13th season up on the mountain. Uh, which it's just gone by in such a flash. I just remember so distinctly sitting in this little restaurant, which is now actually underground pizza, just in Trappers Crossing up there. Um, It was a tiny little space with about 25 seats. And I remember sitting there with my business partner, Paul, who's a a guy from Ireland that lives in Vancouver. 
um, and uh, our families, our two respective families, and just thinking, wow, what would we do if we owned this place? We were both from Europe, and uh, we just thought this would be a great little coffee shop and tapas bar, and then we found out the next week it was up for sale. So, yeah, we're in our 13th season, and it's morphed a lot since then. So it, was there, um, like, what I understand sort of the story of being there and seeing an opportunity, but was there, like, was business in your blood before? Was restaurants, like, was there a passion for food? Like, I'm always curious about why people kind of find the path that they do. And, and the other side of that is why Big White? Like, so you could open a restaurant anywhere, in, really in the world. Why did you choose Big White? So let's start maybe on, is, was there sort of, a, you know, was, was there a passion for entrepreneurship and, and business ownership and restaurant before? Um, I hadn't actually owned a business before, um, certainly not a restaurant business. I had worked in restaurants before and, you know, as a, as a server back in the UK when I came from, when I was younger in my teens and early 20s. And my business partner had worked as a bar manager in Ireland before, but, but it wasn't really in our blood or anything like that. No, but what was in our blood was, was people. Um, I had come from a background of business in the UK um, and was involved in the kind of search and selection and headhunting and, and recruitment business back in my first kind of business um, business life back in England. Um, and Paul was a very much a um, IT systems kind of person, systems analyst, software engineer, but again, from a people and a client point of view. And what we, what both our families loved doing was really entertaining. Um, and we did love nice wine and, you know, we were really getting to know the kind of wine culture in the Okanagan at the time. And yeah, it's just one of those conversations. I, I was, had been a stay-at-home mum for the previous few years with my, my young kids who are now big, huge teenagers. But, um, and he was traveling a lot in, a, in, in his business in IT. And we just, uh, both our families kind of came together and said, hey, if we, owned a, if we owned a little tiny restaurant on a ski hill, then you know, maybe we could just work really hard all winter and um, have every summer off. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> So that, that was the initial plan. And then it's just grown from there, really. We found within, we thought we'd try it for one season, see if we liked it, see if our concept was going to work, which was the whole kind of tapas wine bar um, concept, which we were bringing with us from Europe. And if it worked, then just see where it went from there. And yeah, we were hooked within three months. We loved it. <laughs> so were you were you guys visiting Big White before? Like, was that your first time at Big White? Were you were you like taking trips there? Apparently, no. It was we were but we were all living in Vancouver at the time, um, and we had become friends in Vancouver, our two families. Yeah. And then I had made some friends in Vancouver uh, subsequent to that who came from Kelowna and actually grew up in Kelowna, and they had a condo up at Big White, and so we used to go and visit their condo. Uh, drive you know across the Coquihalla all with our little babies and everything in the car and then we'd come skiing at Big White and we'd tag team who was going out skiing and who was looking after the babies um, so we started to get to know the mountain that way and then uh, and then I my family actually decided to move to Kelowna um, actually to Joe Rich originally and then obviously you know Big White was just our kind of playground just up there in our backyard from Joe Rich and uh, and so then yeah we had been before but uh, then we decided okay let's let's open a business here. And are you, are you up at the restaurant every day? Like, what's your schedule like? Are you? I used to be. I mean, back, back in the day when we first opened, then, yes, we would do everything. Like, I would be doing everything. When, when we first opened, it was literally 28 seats and eight staff. Um, we're now, or when we, when we owned the Blarney Stone as well, we were up to kind of 300 seats and 60 staff. So it grew quite considerably over the space of the 13 years. But at the beginning, yes, um, I would be in the kitchen. I would make the paninis and, and make the soups and everything. And then Paul would be out the front. He'd be entertaining and regaling with his Irish, you know, wit and charm um, and be making coffees and, and pulling the Guinness. So, yes, we were doing everything at the beginning. But since 
then um, now I'm up there two or three days a week. We have an amazing management team. Um, I live in ta- back in town now because of my, my kids coming to high school down here. Um, but yeah, we have an amazing management team and I, we still go and put our hands in the dish pit and do the, uh, do the dishwashing if it needs it and it's backed up and it's a busy Saturday lunchtime or jump behind the bar and, and pull a pint of Guinness still if we need to. But, uh, but we do have a great management team who do it way better than us now. <laughs> what's, what's, your, what's your go-to dish? Like, what are you known for? What do you, if you're in the kitchen? <laughs> oh, oh gosh if I'm in the kitchen I love making I love making our soups I mean I think soups are really really oh, fun to make and create but the globe overall our go-to dish right now I mean our cauliflower has been uh, been a really big seller for the last couple of years and we were it's a it's a Korean barbecue cauliflower kind of vegan dish which is really really tasty and it it really convinces kids that they actually do like vegetables <laughs> <laughs> and and some adults that wow I didn't realize cauliflower could taste this good so we were going to take it off the menu this year because we have a new chef this year but uh, we very rapidly decided no no we can't take it off let's bring it back <laughs> it's too bad we couldn't do this in person so i could sample some food <laughs> <laughs> um you mentioned summer and i'm always curious whether you know when when people open businesses at a resort a ski resort that that's not necessarily obviously 365 and i know big white is working really hard to build the summer business and yeah. i think it'll get there i'm yeah. i've no doubt it'll get there but as it's getting there, what does summers look like for you guys? Like, are you are you cutting back hours? You have to cut back. So, like, what what does that business look like for you? Well, we go from so in the winter time. Previously, yeah. we were around sixty staff in the winter, and we dropped to around twelve to fourteen in the summer. Um, yeah. So we we still had a you know a reasonable a reasonable yeah. number of employees all summer long. Most of whom you know live up there year round and are making yeah. quite their home. Um, and summers have been growing every single year. I mean, I. I kind of like to think that Globe had a little bit to do with, you know, keep keep pushing um, the management of Big White to say people are coming here. Like at the time, back in you know, 2010, I guess, um, we were literally the only thing open in the summertime. We had our little coffee shop. We lived up there year round at that time. My kids went to school there at the fabulous Big White Community School. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we thought, well, we may as well open our doors and see what happens. And, and people just started coming, not just the locals, but people coming for a little drive up the mountain in the summer yeah, just yeah. to get some fresh air, get away from maybe Kelowna was, you know, 40 degrees at the time. And it's a nice, comfortable 30 up at Big White. Yeah. Um, so we started to say to Big White, we should look at, you know, opening some things in the summer. And obviously it was part of their plan anyway. Yeah. Peter Plim is obviously a great mountain biker. And so, yeah, gradually over a period of years, it, it happened and it's been just growing every year. And, and now, yeah, 12, 12 people year round that we employ. Um, when we do, obviously this summer was a little bit different, but in a normal summer when we have our festivals and beer events and, and wine, wine events um, and lots of live music, lots of great musicians coming up and playing in the village center there or, or in the area outside Globe and Snowshoe Sands, that area. Um, it's, a, it's an awesome environment. It's, uh, it's big sky, it's, it's fresh air, it's um, just so much open space to go hiking and biking in and more and more new activities and, and new things happening every summer so. yeah I'm, I'm the odd one who likes summer up at ski resorts more than winter i, I, <laughs> love, I love summers that like i love the whole idea of outdoor concerts and it yeah. just something about it like you said the fresh air and just i don't know there's something about it that's amazing so um yeah. do you guys have there's obviously in, in this year change a little bit but there's a lot of season ticket uh, seasons pass holders up at big white obviously is there anything you guys do different for if you're a season are you guys integrated into any of that i'm not sure like is there is there something yeah. that special for lack of a better word you get if you're a season ticket holder i mean our, 
yeah our season pass holders obviously are extremely special to us every year i mean this year obviously even even more so that's mm-hmm. our, the bulk of our customers this year are our season pass holders which is great and we've always done things for our season pass holders what we find challenging sometimes is just how to get that message out there um you know so that everybody knows about it and it, it's it's really uh i guess frustrating at the end of the season when somebody comes in and says oh i didn't know that okay how can mm. we how can we keep getting these messages out there but yeah right now all season pass holders get 10 percent off of all their food when they come in apres ski time kind of four o'clock in the afternoon uh, that time and late night as well after 8 30 there's there's always discounts for season pass holders um they get free coffee in the mornings if they're coming in for breakfast then there's there's free uh cafe umbria coffee for our season pass holders to just kind of get them going in the morning um, and then obviously on their birthdays. So instead of um, instead of you know just us all singing really badly around their table, happy birthday or anything, <laughs> uh, we just we just present them with a really great complimentary s'mores. We have a tabletop s'mores kind of dish, which has been our one of our signature dishes for the last eleven years. Um, and so they get a they get a free version of that on their birthday as well. And and that's really great for kids, season season pass holder kids, adults, the family, yeah. everybody. Love it. Um, one thing I noticed when I was kind of reading, you know, your profile plus Globe is that you guys are so active in the community. And, and I just saw like names that you mentioned, like, you know, Parent Advisory Council for the Big White Community School, Big White Mountain Community Association, Community Gardens, Powerhounds Adaptive Ski Club, and on and on and on. So, you know, where does that stem from? From like, because it's not like, I, I think it's, you know, I know it's in your core for sure, from what I read, like you, you, you involved, you get involved a lot in communities, but you brought it into Globe. Like, where does that come from, from, from you guys? And are, are there specific initiatives that are really near and dear to you guys at Globe and yourself that you really support? Um, yeah, I mean, I actually, uh, after I kind of decided we were emigrating to Canada way back when in 2000, I had the opportunity, I had then left my business job, I'd actually been traveling, um, I got an opportunity to go traveling around the world for a year, which was amazing, um, I could have done something, you know, sensible, like buy a house at the time, yeah, that's right. but I decided to just blow it all and go traveling around the world, which was one of the best life experiences really ever, yeah. and doing that, it really opened my eyes to really how fortunate we are here in the kind of Western world, um, so I, you know, I got to see Africa and India and Asia and, and various places. So anyway, that made me, that inspired me when I came back to want to make sure that giving back and mm-hmm. being, uh, recognizing kind of how lucky we are sometimes was going to be part of my kind of DNA when I came yeah. back. Um, so I just said, if I was ever going to go back into business and which I ended up doing in the restaurant side, um, I was going to try and use it as a vehicle somehow. Um, you know, I wasn't a millionaire, I couldn't give maybe, you know, lots to financially, but once you have a business, you can always share the assets of that business somehow with the community around you or the charity world around you or whatever. So I always, uh, one of the deals with my business partner was, yep, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's open a restaurant, but please, can we make sure that we always use that restaurant somehow to, um, to give back to others? So, so we've we've used it many many times as a as a venue for different events. Um, yes, I was very involved in the community of Big White when I lived up there and kind of helped start the community association and, and things like that. But we'd always use the restaurant for pub fundraiser nights for for the local ski club. Um, we did trivia nights uh, at the Blarney Stone every Monday night and uh, raised loose change for Powder Hounds and then more more recently United Way, which is also very very close to my heart um, because I do do some work with United Way as well. And um, it just, it feels great, but it also also feels great to, I, I see the impact. I mean, I'm quite close to a lot of these charities, so I see the impact that it has. 
Um, but I think it's also great to inspire our young staff. So, you know, we have young staff in their 20s who've not necessarily been exposed to that part of the world before and kind of the many different ways that you can give um, rather than just financially. So they love being involved in those events. They, they love, um, you know, right now our general manager has created these great little um, fairy dust or, or reindeer dust uh, packages for kids. Um, and she just made them. They've got glitter in and they've got oats and anyone can walk into Globe and, and come and grab one. And then they're, they're free, but she's put a little sign up saying by donation to United Way. So she's kind of done that of her own volition. So I love, I love inspiring others that it's, um, it's a good thing to have as part of your life, basically. I think that's so important and, and kudos to you and your team for that, because I think part of, I think our role as business owners is to give back is, you know, and, and, and some of us, you know, some people can, but when you can, I think that's part of building community and so forth. So kudos to you and your team. Cause I was, I was in awe of sort of all the things you guys were doing and, and you continue to do so that that's great to know. Um, outside of that, cause I, I think that's at the core of yourself and probably in your team and so forth. But over the last 13 years, like what, what is, what is Globe known for? Like what in, in, in and I know you talked about we're, we're gonna maybe hold off on the s'mores because we're gonna talk about that. But outside of that, you know, what's really what's what are you best known for? Like in the Well, we originally, I mean, if you're talking from the food and beverage side of things, we were originally known for our coffee. And that was really why we opened. Um back at back at the beginning as well as kind of creating this dining experience around the, the tapas experience which is very european we also um wanted to do something a little bit different and a bit more european with coffee so we we partnered with um a coffee company called cafe umbria out of italy it's a very italian style coffee rather than a north american style coffee um so it was different from what was on the mountain already um and we've they've been a, a partner ever since we've been in uh you know in partnership with them for 13 years and I'm a strong believer. And if you find a great supplier and a great, they become a partner in the business. Um, so we've never changed our coffee in 13 years. Um, it's not the cheapest coffee on the planet, but we love it. And our baristas love um, creating coffees with it. So yeah, that's kind of how we started, I guess, being known for that. And then really that evolved very quickly into warm, welcoming hospitality. We try and really invest a lot in training in our staff at the beginning of the season, um, every season, because remember we're training new people every season. Right. Um, uh, we do have returners sometimes, you know, for two or three years, if we're, if we're lucky and visas work that way and everything. Um, but for the most part, we're training a new team every season. So we really try and invest in that and make sure that they are not just knowledgeable about globe and everything that we do, but knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the mountain overall and the experiences that a guest can have at Big White, um, so that when they walk through the door of Globe, they are, yeah, they kind of feel like they're walking home, you know, walking into their home, and, and there's someone friendly there that's going to be able to answer the vast majority of their questions about their whole vacation experience, um, not just about what they're eating and drinking at that moment in time. So I'd say, I'd say that's what we're known for. Um, I mentioned your menu's mouthwatering. I was reading it last night and I'm like, yeah, one of those, one of those, mm -hmm. one of those. But um, I know that you're known for your famous Globe S'mores experience. Where did that originate from? Like, where did that come from? Um, well, I, I really have to do a shout out to Ross Derrick here. Uh, Ross Derrick was Globe's very, very first uh, chef. Um, we employed him as our head chef when he was a mere young 23 years old. And now I don't think people know him in Kelowna. He has his own business, and the Broken Anchor food truck, and he works at Codfather's, the table. Anyway, he's an awesome chef, but he came up with an idea of something we needed to have a dessert that was quintessentially Canadian for yeah. our um, Australian and international guests that were visiting us. So we thought, okay, what's what's a dessert that's quintessentially Canadian that's, 
you know, something that we can turn into a winter, kind of winter warmer and, and something really special. So anyway, we, we found these great little, uh, they're called hibachi tabletop burners that represented a, a good old Canadian campfire in the summertime. And we thought we'd bring that summertime experience into the winter um, with giant homemade marshmallows. And most people don't bother to make marshmallows at home. It's not kind of something you just generally do on a Sunday morning at home. So it's kind of a real treat to have these giant homemade marshmallows and then a really lovely gooey chocolatey um, ganache um, instead of the you know the, the piece of Hershey's that you'd normally put on your small um, and then obviously good old graham crackers and then it's an experience rather than just a dessert um, you're sharing it with your family seeing your kids kind of toasting their marshmallow over the fire yeah. at the table and goo everywhere it, it just adds to the experience of your of your vacation basically and um, we've been doing it now for yeah 12 years <laughs> it's worth anyone that's listening it's worth the drive just for that <laughs> It really is. It's amazing. So that's great. And, and, and we've actually found a way to do it to go. So this year, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're having dinner in your chalet because you've got more than a group of six, so you can't necessarily come and dine <laughs> at the restaurant, then uh, we are doing smalls to go this year. As oh, well. that's amazing. <laughs> that's a great idea. So um, I'm sure we're making everybody hungry that's listening to this. Um, I did warn you that we're going to go and take a little bit of a switch and we'll come back because I do have a few more questions. Um, and we're just going to get to know you a little bit more. So mm -hmm. um, uh, there's 10 questions I'm going to run through. Uh, the first one is kind of um, uh, funny a little bit because I read what's in your background on, on the board you have in your background. Because the question is, what's the best way to start the day for yeah. you? <laughs> then I read yeah, that. Yeah. And go, there you go. There's the answer right there. <laughs> With a positive thought. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I look at that every day and, and I feel I am a pretty positive person and I, I really try and... I mean, I have teenagers, so it's important to kind of keep that positivity visible and, you know, on the outside all the time. And, um, and yeah, so I think a positive thought is a great thing to start the day and a great cup of coffee. And, and, and we didn't even plan that, I swear. We <laughs> do didn't know what to ask this. Um, what, what would be the first thing you would do? So you win the lottery today. Um, what will be the first thing you would do? You just got billions of dollars <laughs> so gosh that's so funny um I, I have always always said I mean I don't actually do the lottery but I really should start at some point I have <laughs> always said that whatever I won I would basically um give half of it away in some way so I mean that that is yeah just something I'm committed to whether I win ten dollars or I win ten million dollars <laughs> half of it would uh would be given away to something uh, that was a really good cause at the time so right now in Kelowna for example we desperately need a teen um teen recovery center a, a drug recovery center and and the bridge actually has an amazing capital campaign out for that right now I would undoubtedly if I want a million dollars give a huge amount to that right now that's awesome um if you had to head out to karaoke night what's your song of choice dancing queen ABBA <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Can't beat that one. That, before. that one came quick. You're like, you pop, have you done it before? Have you sang Abba on karaoke before? Yeah, I have tried to sing Abba. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, as you as you're going through maybe your business career or before, um, who's someone you really admire? It could be someone in your actual life or someone that you know you admire from afar. Is there someone that you can really pinpoint that's been an inspiration to you, or is there too many? Well, there's lots for sure. My mum, I know probably a lot of people say that. My mum sadly passed away last year, so it's very close to my heart. But, and she was in business her entire life. Um, so, yes, and you said at the beginning I'm a doer. Well, I definitely get that from my mum. 
um, she was a doer beyond belief, um, right, right up to, um, to the moment she passed away unexpectedly and she was taken too soon. So yeah, I would say I admire my mom the most. Um, if you were forced to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? God, it's really bad. I hate to say this, but cheese. I'm a vegetarian um, and um, I love cheese. And yeah. I know it's not really that good for you. And I'd love to find a way to become truly vegan and give it up, but I don't think I ever could. What kind of cheese is it? I, I, I love cheese too, but I like the stronger, the better for me. I love like. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, a really strong English cheddar is amazing. You can't beat it. Or, or a Cheshire or, or the, a lot of the cheeses that we don't get here in Canada right. um, that, that we get in England, the Cheshire cheese and a, um, a, yeah, Red Leicesters and those kind of things. Yeah. yeah we don't have them here. <laughs> um, but then creamy French cheeses, breeze, all those kind of things. Yeah. I love them all. <laughs> If it uh, doesn't sound like you have much, much time sort of spent as day off, days off, but if you had a day off, how would you, how would you, what's your favorite way to spend it? Um, you know, a really nice long walk somewhere is great. Just the, the simplicity of a walk, preferably with a little bit of uphill. So I feel I've actually got some exercise at the same time, you know, good exercise. Um, yeah. But a walk with a friend. Um, I have some amazing girlfriends and we don't get to see each other enough, obviously right now. Um, and always my kids yeah <laughs> um is anyone or who's the most because i'm sure there has been famous person that's walked into the restaurant anyone come to mind went to our restaurant yeah oh um most recently chad michael murray who i didn't actually know totally who that was until all of our young female staff told me who it was <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, they were filming up at big white we, we we've had the privilege of having a few hallmark movies filmed at big oh, white right movies. right right and they're super fun to get involved with and the the stars of the show you know they they come in so yeah chad michael murray was actually chopping onions in the globe kitchen around this time last year actually <laughs> that's awesome that's great stories um a little bit almost the same along lines a little bit different but what famous person, dead or alive, would you like to meet for a cup of coffee? Anyone come to mind? Well, right now, because I'm looking at a picture of her, actually, Audrey Hepburn. Okay. <laughs> I think she's an amazing actress, and and from everything I read about her background and her biography and everything, she's a she's got a really really interesting story. And I I happen to have a, a mirror with an image kind of of her, kind of in the background, like an artsy kind of mirror, and I look at that every day as well. Yeah, she was. Oh. A, she was a pretty cool person. Awesome. Um, you mentioned that you took a year and you went traveling. Um, what's your favorite place you've ever visited? Vietnam. Oh, I have really? to say, yeah, out of all the places we went in that year, which was quite a lot, uh, Vietnam was amazing. Just uh -huh. phenomenal people, like really humble, con considering the, the history that they have gone through. In yeah. um, amazing food, like really great, especially vegetarian food and being veggie, that was great. Um, yeah beautiful beaches, amazing kind of culture in the hill tribes and just seeing how um, some of those kind of ancient tribes still still function and survive and, and thrive. Um, and just a, just great friendly people. Yeah, Vietnam's amazing. I'd recommend it. Last one, um, if, if you weren't a restaurant owner, if you weren't doing what you do today, what would you be doing? Um, probably something in nonprofits. Which I kind of am too as well already. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I can see from your profile you got your toes dipped in a lot of places, right? Yeah, so. I have. Yeah, so some something involved in the nonprofit world, but but using the kind of same 
business skills um, that I that I have. And if it was something completely outside of business, what would I be doing? Probably baking. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Well, thank you very much for for answering those. That was great. I'd love just to get to let people get to know you on sort of a little bit different level, which is awesome. So yeah, no, that's um, you mentioned sort of, you know, you have a lot on the go. And one thing I did notice that I wanted to ask is you're an entrepreneur in residence. And I hope I pronounced this right. Purple. Purple. Yeah. Purple, yeah. purple is a purple is it means purposeful people. That's how purple's yeah. name came about. Yeah. Can you speak sort of what that like what that means, entrepreneur in residence and how you work and what that what that that, that, yeah. what that entails? Absolutely. Yeah. Purple is a is an organization started here around five years ago in Kelowna, born in Kelowna by a, a guy called Andrew Greer, who's amazing and everyone should look him up. Um, and it started as a social enterprise accelerator, which basically means um, those business parts of a charity um, that can function as a business and have revenue and basically give a sustainable revenue stream to um, nonprofit programs. And so Andrew has created a team of entrepreneurs in residence who work just just part-time um, with, with um, a number of clients each. And it's people like myself who've been in business, um, but also kind of understand and, and are interested in what the charity world is doing out there. And the goal is basically to make charities or help charities become more sustainable. So they're not continually uh, applying for grants that may or may not be there one year, but they have a, a more regular revenue stream. So a classic example would be a thrift store um, run by the women's shelter or whatever it might be, um, where there's that kind of income stream coming in. But it's fascinating work. It's really amazing. And it's great to see how so many of our local nonprofits here in Kelowna are, or across the valley are um, really taking on board that concept and, and trying to find ways to integrate it into the amazing impactful work they have in the community anyway. Do you ever sleep? Sounds like you have so much on the go. <laughs> I am really, really fortunate in the fact that right now I, I can survive on fairly little sleep <laughs> for the most part. I'm sure it'll catch up with me eventually. <laughs> Lots of good coffee. Yeah, exactly. Um, just last couple of questions is, is what do you love? Like you have so much passion. I can just hear it in, in everything that you do, from the restaurant to the nonprofit side. It's like, what do you love most about what I do? What, what gets you excited in the morning to get up and, and start your day? Um, I love the fact that I, I feel like I'm making a little bit of a difference somewhere. I mean, that does drive me. I do constantly. I think somebody said to me somewhere, you know, be aware of what you want written on your epitaph. Um, so, you know, when, when you're not here anymore, what is that? Why were you here? I, and I do kind of consciously have that in my mind as to what's my role here. And I, I know I, I love people and I love connecting people. And I, I think I'm reasonably good at connecting people for the right reasons. And, and so, yeah, I guess that, that drives me, that, that makes a difference. Last question. So um, I'm curious if you've given any thought what the future has in store for your brand. Like, well, you know, is, is, is there a vision of expansion, other markets, anything? Is there, or, or, is there, or, or maybe you can't talk about it. Is there anything sort of <laughs> you're working on? Is there anything sort of that, you, that you're looking to say? I, I know with us, like, I always say that we're allergic to small and we love to kind of continually grow and, and so is there any, any of that in your future? Um, I mean, we, we have expanded and actually we've just kind of contracted again, really got a little bit smaller, just intentionally as we get older. Um, yeah. But my, my, my hope and my dream is that eventually, eventually when we are way too old to be pulling pints <laughs> and up in a ski resort, um, that one of our staff members or somebody that we've had connection with over the years will, um, will take over and potentially, you know, just see that same 
love of the brand of globe that we've had in the whole all the you know the 13 years that we've had up on the mountain but but not just yet i mean we right now it's kind of get through this winter um really hopefully you know hopefully see next summer expand again and be able to support the mountain and the resort in taking that year-round experience to the next level i mean we're always looking for new little service lines or new ways of um of globes showing up on the mountain and being involved with the mountain um and i don't think we'll necessarily take it to other mountains right now but hopefully whoever takes over from us eventually might do that um right. but right now it's just being an integral part of our our community um and the resort and just adding things that customers are looking for as and when we as and when we can that's awesome well Ju, thank you so much for taking time today i know you're busy and to join me and and uh I'd love just learning about your journey and where you guys are at. And, and, you know, I wish you guys the best this winter season. And I encourage everyone listening that if you haven't been up, take the drive to go to Globe, you won't be disappointed. And uh, I think we talk about sort of supporting local as much as possible more than ever. And it doesn't mean just for the holiday season, January, February, people are, you know, all everyone's going to need support as well. And, and uh, I think more than ever this year is that specifically with, resorts and mountain like it's your mountain like for locals this is the year that it's your mountain so take advantage of it and and and, um, and go you know and go up and take the drive and, and experience those amazing uh the amazing uh, s'mores that you're talking about as well and you really don't even have to ski i mean if, if no skiing is not your thing then yeah just coming and sitting and enjoying a, a great latte and and looking at the view can be all the little bit of kind of mental health boosts that somebody needs right now just to just to escape um, and sit and relax and read the newspaper or whatever. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ju. Thanks for joining us. And uh, um, uh, for everybody else that's listening, thank you for joining us this morning and thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Thank you for your time, Rob. Thank you. And thank Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.